Greetings and salutations. You are listening to the Into the North podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the Commander format, also known as CEDH. I am one of your hosts, Lyndon, aka Noobzors, and today I am joined by my co-hosts, Matt, aka Null. Hello, everyone. Reed, aka Sick Robot. What is happening? And Morgan, aka Spleenface. How's it going? Uh... And in this episode, we are going to be covering a state of the format. Ooh. Well, hey, yeah. lots of topic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but but before we get into that, uh, what have you guys been up to since the last episode? Well, had some had a good old break. Oh yeah. Yeah, enjoyed some time off. Yeah. Well deserved, or not yeah. so well deserved. <laughs> yeah. So not not nothing too exciting. Just holiday stuff. But. Uh, yeah, hope everyone enjoyed their holidays uh, and, you know, enjoyed a, a well-deserved break. So, yeah, without uh, further ado, let's let's just get into housekeeping and then right into the topic. So our housekeeping notes, as usual, are just our new patrons. So uh, shout out to Luke P. Shout out to Cal P. And shout out to George B. Is it George or Georg? Pretty sure it's Georg. <laughs> Georg? You gotta say Georg, Georg, Georg is yeah, Georg B, unless it's George B. Okay, well you know what? (laughs) Definitely (laughs) let us know in the Discord how we uh, messed up the pronunciation of your name. But yeah, uh, big shout out to our patrons as always. You guys uh, help you know keep our audio quality from sounding like shit (laughs) because we get to pay our editors (laughs) wow we're just getting really blunt about that aren't we no it's like people always say oh you help keep the lights on man you know what i'm my i'm paying my electricity bill whether or not you guys are patrons or not but (laughs) you you guys are we'll we'll probably still record this 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 podcast but there will be no editing going into it so uh you guys are the ones who are gonna suffer for it not if any of y'all heard our pilot it's just gonna be that all over again <laughs> yeah so that's 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 you you get you get what you pay for with the patron uh <laughs> you, get, oh you don't you get not your ears bleeding we actually specially yeah. edit every episode specifically for the patrons and then we release the crappy episode to everybody else yeah. <laughs> we don't actually do that imagine. not false advertising <laughs> imagine um but yeah so thanks big, big ups to our our patrons uh and as always you rock. Uh, and again, we're going to keep doing that until the command zone sends us a cease and desist. So, uh, yeah, uh, you'll look forward to that every episode. But yeah, uh, uh, so getting to the, the meat and potatoes of the episode, our, our main topic, we're, we're, we're uh, recording this on a uh, lovely evening of uh, January the 7th, 2020. Uh, people are, you know, just I thought, I thought loving. It was, I thought it was pretty early in the morning is it is it on the morning yeah. is it the yeah. morning right now okay it's yeah. the morning yeah. people no, your blinds are just close it's it's nine o'clock you thought it was 9 p.m it's actually 9 a.m okay yes yes yeah. easy mistake yeah we're uh we're we're everyone everyone in cdh is loving all these uh interesting uh theros beyond death spoilers nothing crazy so far yet uh, but maybe maybe something else some spark you know some fringe bruise but you I mean, know underworld we, breach is pretty cool yeah, yeah that's, that's a pretty Flash neat card. Oh, cool for Zada. Yeah, super cool. So uh, we, we figured, <laughs> no, now not, with all these interesting spoilers coming out, it might be a great time to get into the state. Just talk about the state of the format generally. Uh, you know, how, how how healthy is the format? What's going on? You know, if someone someone uh, 
who who might not be informed on CDH or might not play a lot of CDH. They want like Cliff's Notes version of what's going on. Let's let's give it to them. Uh, so let's let's kick things off with deck slash strategy diversity, uh, which know, is re- almost re- always a con- it's almost always a contentious <laughs> discussion in yeah, I CDH. Mean, well, in CDH and just about any other format, right? You know, yeah, modern, just about. There's always people are always complaining about decks, and uh, you know, it's always what's the next thing? You know, is every everything is you know the sky is falling? Blah blah blah. Like, and it's not always that. Sometimes the format is healthy, and everyone acknowledges it. But definitely, that's that, those rare, are rare. Yeah, few and but, far uh, between. Reed, do you want to do you want to kick things off talking about uh, deck and strategy diversity? Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, where we're at right now in deck and strategy diversity is um, there's actually a fair amount of deck diversity. I think we would all agree on that. Um, and so just yep, just how do you define deck diversity? So that that's commanders just, that just, we see. Uh, maybe not even like there. There can be like different decks within certain commanders. Certainly, Thrasinus and Timna helm a lot of decks, but a lot of those decks have different strategies. Um, and even if they share a lot of the same win cons, they can still play very differently. There are a lot of different card choices. Okay, so People, what's what's the difference between deck and strategy diversity, or are they kind of just like the so, same sort of thing we are talking about here? So, I'd say uh, strategy diversity is probably a lot more centric on actual win conditions and. Uh, in general, what decks are looking to do, sort and of like how you know, trying in, to do it, yeah, how you're trying to do it, what what hate pieces you generally get hit by is a good indicator as well, you know, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Um, so there's a lot, of, there's a fair amount of deck diversity. Uh, there is less strategy diversity. There's still a fair amount of strategy diversity, interestingly enough. Um, but it's uh, you can, I think you can fairly easily categorize the strategies for most decks, for most of the like really like cream of the crop decks into two main camps i believe uh and those camps are sort of the hulk decks and the consult decks yeah speaking in very general terms so hulk decks are decks that are of course protean hulk the namesake but they're they're mostly built around the flash hulk combo uh so the flash hulk combo the flash hulk combo the one so the one that wins at instant speed uh for a long time there was uh well i don't know how long initially when thing when protein hulk was first unbanned they don't all win at instant speed breakfast (laughs) most of the versions yeah (laughs) breakfast exists but it also wins at instant speed yes now it does yeah so but but i'm trying to say back when when protein hulk was first unbanned yeah uh the flash hulk decks you know, you could call it, the flash was mainly there to cheat mana cost on the Hulk ETB to which assemble is, the cards which is that win. A really good thing to be doing. Which is yeah, which is certainly you're you're definitely relying on that aspect of it. But nowadays, the flash Hulk decks are taking advantage of the fact that flash is an instant and are designed to be able to win at instant speed. Um, but yeah, so talking about deck diversity and strategy diversity between flash and consult we can talk about the differences between these two specific uh strategies in a minute but let's talk about within these kind of categories there there is also diversity among the flash hulk decks and the uh, consult decks as well yeah Uh, and that's also it's also an over it's an overlapping diversity right like there's these kind of secondary complementary strategies that like um are exist in both Hulk and in console. 
Yeah, yeah. So it, we, we talked about, uh, or Reed mentioned briefly, obviously, Breakfast Hulk, uh, the predominant uh, Hulk deck, I For would like the say. the first, like, year, year and a half of its life, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying or nowadays. Or just in general? Uh, that Shuffle Hulk is the uh, predominant. Oh, sure. Flash Hulk strategy, uh, with Breakfast Hulk still exists, and there's a bunch of different, uh, like kind of sub variants. Uh, well, so Sacred the, the, Hulk is I, one that's say, picking yeah, up some steam. The big three, the big three, really are like Breakfast Shuffle and Sacred. Yeah, um, and, and, and in the Hulk set, the set of Hulk decks. Yeah, and and they they each have their own kind of they they gain some advantages over the other by getting different trade-offs. Some are more immune to different hate and are more resilient to interaction. Uh, some are more kind of slot efficient, but come with deck building considerations. Um, there's there's trade-offs between these strategies, so there's reasons to kind of lean one way or the other. But at the end of the day, it is kind of just a plan of cast, flash, with a Hulk in hand, win the game. Yeah. Uh, they all look about the same when there's a flash on the stack. It's sort of the other stuff going on that's the yeah, difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and, I, and I think oh. one thing that's important to discuss when talking about these decks, which we can get into later, is not cast flash and win the game. It's also represent flash. Yes, which yeah, is so we can yeah. we can talk about some of the uh, issues with with flash. Uh, in a minute, but before that, I want to just kind of do the same sort of uh, thing. Give the same For sort of consult treatment decks, to, to yeah. consult. Yeah. So, what, so what kind of consult decks do we have floating around? Consult consult sort of interesting because rather than flash, where flash is sort of like a, a deck defining uh, win con, just because uh, usually it's fairly slot intensive, right? You're playing flash plus Hulk initially, and then you're also playing like usually like at least three other creatures like usually even more than that um you're playing a lot of card slots that are sort of dead cards but you sort of have to play them to make the combo work so it, it sort of necessitates building your entire deck around it consult's sort of uh on the other end of the spectrum where uh demonic consultation and tainted pact are fairly good cards on their own and they only yeah, and really certain, need and consult yeah. is of course the tainted yeah. pact slash demonic consultation the cards that exile your library is comboed with uh the lab man or uh lab jace aka jace wielder of mysteries effect. yeah and because you only really need those four cards you only need tainted pact consultation lab man and jace um to actually have your full win condition package um it you tend to not have to build your deck around it so you can afford to play other combos if you want to which a lot of decks choose to yeah, it's a, it's a fairly tight package, and, you know, some of these cards aren't completely dead on their own. Uh, yeah. I mean, namely, the Tainted Pact is probably the best card of the bunch. Which uh, sometimes where, can just function as an instant speed demonic tutor. Yeah, which yeah. certainly certainly nice, and then uh, Consult can, you know, fit into a similar role, but is, you is can, certainly you can, riskier. You can, you can panic Consult, that's a thing you can do. Yeah, people, people Consult for Force of Will every now and then, I've seen it. Um... It works most of the time. Yeah, so sixty percent of the time it works every time. (laughs) But I think also, also the fact that consult is such a compact win package also makes the forbidden tutors themselves better because you're less likely. Like if you tried to use tainted pact as a instant speed tutor in shuffle Hulk, the odds that you run over an important Hulk piece are pretty high. But if you just have in general, because of that, um, it it tends to 
yeah, just be, because of that fact, it means that you tend to have a hard time fitting Consult and Hulk into the same deck. Right? Just because the if you if you were playing the Forbidden Tutors in a Hulk deck, it's hard to actually cast them without fearing for just running over pieces that you need to win off of the Flash. Yeah, so one of the, the things you, you, the big differences you see between Flash and Consult are kind of Consult decks tend to be more good stuff decks, whereas Flash decks tend to be more turbo decks. That's a gross sort of um, broad, broad but... strokes, broad strokes, yeah, characterization. But, of but yeah, how they in are. general, it's just yeah. like but how they generally tend, holds true, how they tend to work, right? Because, like, yeah. shuffle, like, or not shuffle, but Hulk in general, the idea is you're trading your card quality and your slot efficiency in your deck for the ability to have a two mana instant speed win, which is, yeah. I, I, I think a lot of people would agree is probably usually a good trade, but it does mean that you have weaknesses and that if you go into longer games, it's more likely that you're going to be drawing dead cards than other decks. And consults yeah. on the other side where you're not quite as fast, but you're trading it for a lot of resilience and very high card quality. Yeah, that's that's another thing that's important to mention about consult is that it is just one of the more resilient win cons out there. There's not a lot of st- it. So for the biggest biggest thing is that it dodges all of the stacks pieces that are normally run to hate on Flash Hulk or to kind of like give checks like, a fighting chance to it, to not get to not die from early Flash Hulk. I mean, not even just those like shit like a sorry consult just dodges like all hate right almost like effectively like all on board hate. Uh, yeah, Aside from yeah, select I think pretty much everything on board. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't dodge spot removal, um, and obviously it doesn't dodge counter spells, but not much does. Honestly, yeah. uh, no. <laughs> everything uh. has to go on the stack at some point. But yeah, so uh, Reed Reed was kind of uh, we we got cut off, off but a yeah, bit, but um, he was saying he was he was giving listing some of the. Uh, how yeah, consult so like, is pretty pretty bare bones and you can splash it in all kinds of different shells so just to actually list off a bunch of different things we've got um cst which is consult scepter thrasios um we've got zerdex are running consult uh consult kess is now become the most popular kess which is the build. consult only which yeah. is of note because that's not very common because typically it's easy to fit another wincon in, but Kess apparently found it good enough to just play the one and be done with it. Uh, consult sees play. So th- these are some decks where uh, Consult is That's like the chain. primary wincon. So and then you've got Food Chain, where you're running the demonic tu- the sorry Forbidden Tutors, uh, which is you know Consult and Tainted Pact, so that they can find your Food Chain and they'll incidentally exile. Uh, your cast from exile creatures for the combo there um but they also pull double duty by acting as a uh a plus b combo with lab man or lab jace whichever you're using to uh, close the game out there so yeah the, strong synergy there there's uh, another one to mention too is uh opus thief opus thief have, kind of being Tim in the middle decks, of like yeah yeah, yeah there's they're, there's they're, lots of decks that that just run this really efficient uh combo because like we've said it's really easy to slot in and, and uh, they're also both of note you don't get punished um, for it yeah they're also both completely commander agnostic or commander independent um neither for the most part neither of these strategies necessarily care what's in the command zone as long as it has the colors 
Yeah, um, they, they yeah. both like have car, pretty yeah. compelling base color requirements. Yeah. Card draw, uh, card draw from your commander is sort of like a nice bonus that you can sometimes use to to win over top of someone interacting with your consult. But there's certainly no issues running a uh, running consult in a deck that where the commander doesn't specifically let you draw cards to win with with laboratory maniac over Jace. Yeah, and and so. As the uh, the meta has evolved, well, uh, yeah, with these with these decks, we've kind of they've kind of formed a sort of dichotomy where, because the console decks dodge all Hulk hate, um, and they can run good stuff, so they can focus and and they're less slot uh, intensive, so they can just run more you know interaction and and just generically good cards. They formed a good kind of counter to Hulk. Where they're just like they're they're, they're more well suited to combat Hulk. Yeah, just, it's, it's just not because, it's not yeah. a hard counter, but yeah, you definitely see console decks appearing a lot and kind of forming like a not a symbiotic relationship, but like you know, they 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 appear a lot in in they appear a lot together. Console yeah, decks say, and Hulk decks. I would say it's not that they're specifically well positioned to fight Hulk itself. They're well positioned to play the game that flash often forces you to play yeah that's a, which that's, is that's a good way to put it more, more if you would expand on that just so we can yeah so this yeah. is where the fact that I don't, the fact that flash is an instant and doesn't require any sort of onboard presence um, is something that really sets flash apart from pretty much every other win condition in the format even ad nauseum is an instant but it frequently can't win the game until you actually untap so the fact that flash decks can win pretty much at any time holding up mana that really looks like they might just be holding a counterspell or a tutor or like a brainstorm and they just had an extra mana um, means that essentially you always have to be respecting the possibility that you can just die to flash. Um, so it really forces people to want to hold up interaction at all times which means you want to play a very interactive deck so you actually have the interaction to cast with the mana you have to hold up and also one that has a lot of value engines that you don't have to spend a lot of mana on your turn on and that's where consult comes in you you have so much room for interaction because your win conditions are just so compact and then, and then you can, in last ditch effort, your combo pieces or two of your combo pieces yeah, can, can be used can help to you find, find that one last yeah. piece of interaction and, you need and to also, not lose. It's to, of note, you are like as a console deck, you are usually more than happy if the game stays in a state of everybody holding up mana and passing turn. And so if the Hulk player is holding up a flash and other people have to hold up mana or multiple people holding up flash mana or whatever, um, you're more than OK with that because you have higher card quality than the Hulk player. So you're on average going to be drawing more live to your outs to the situation rather than them, right? Yeah, but the, the, this kind of situation is also heavily dependent on getting past those early phases where the Hulk player might have an easy way to assemble Flash and Hulk and some, you know, cheap protection. Yeah. Which is why I wouldn't call Consult a counter to Hulk, right? Yeah. Because you still have to, like, survive, but it's it's well-positioned in some specific scenarios that tend to come up against Hulk or with a Hulk yeah, so player in the pod. Interestingly, um, we, we, we mentioned Sacred Hulk before. Uh, 
And, you know, because people might think, why not fuse these two very powerful strategies? And we covered a bit why you can't really do that with uh, the the XL tutors, the forbidden tutors, uh, interfering with your Hulk pieces and that kind of non-synergy. And also the fact that you're kind of just more, you're, you're better suited to be more focused on all-in Hulk. Um, there is a deck that uh, kind of navigates the the middle ground between the two and is like a pseudo fusion between these archetypes and that's sacred hulk uh so sacred hulk the name coming from the one of the key cards sacred guide uh which is a for a creature for a single white mana and has the ability for uh one generic and one white you can sacrifice it uh to exile cards from the top of your library until you hit a white card and put that card into your hand but of course if your deck doesn't have any white cards you can just exile your whole library so what the deck will typically do is you'll cast Flash, you'll put a Laboratory Maniac, Sacred Guide, and a Hapless Researcher uh, into play, activate Sacred Guide, exile your library, sacrifice the Hapless Researcher, win the game with Laboratory Maniac. Um, of course, there's also the secondary line of, of uh, finding uh, Spellseeker instead of... Uh, sacred guide to find your consultation and put that directly into hand so you get um but i think it's worth noting that some of the hulk hate some of the hulk hate but you kind of uh the 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 deck doesn't come without deck building restrictions of course because uh sacred guide requires you to not run any white cards um also the your flash your instant speed win is going to cost you a bit more mana if you're going to activate a sacred guide that's an additional one in a white mana you have to spend to win and not to dedicate towards you know casting counter spells to protect your win uh yeah do you guys have anything else to say about uh like sacred hulk or so, yeah so for a bit of perspective um you're losing silence uh, Dovin's Veto, um, you know, Angel's Grace, which is great if you're playing Ad Nauseam, of course. Um, you're missing um, some of, if you're playing Thrasios, you're missing some of the key, like, value engine cards, like Smothering Tithe and Faber Elder. Like, it's, Enlightened it's a, Tutor. It's a, yeah, like, Enlightened Tutor. Yeah, it's a reasonably yeah. strong dis- like deck building restriction that I think, like, absolutely keeps Sacred in its place. If it didn't have this restriction, like, it would have access to all these powerful cards yeah. and you know maybe it would be a bit too powerful yeah yeah they, these and, cards aren't critical but they're definitely strong yeah they, they add to the power level of deck like it's it's stuff like you, you would never like most of the time almost never play a white deck without a silence so the fact that you don't get access to it is rough right and it's also yeah. like it's it's this so it's it's a demonstration of why you don't necessarily see a lot of uh intersection between hulk and consult um, because of like the restrictions that it has to put on itself, but it's also a demonstration of like the power that you can get out of hybridizing them, because it's sort of like this Hulk deck that has reasonably quick wins. Um, you only if uh, um, if you want to, you only have to pay an extra white on top of the one and then blue for flash uh, with mana discounts in the pile, um, and then it also gives you like so you have the fast win, but it also gives you this like long game um, ability to like first of all play with really high card quality like uh, console decks usually do but also you get to play around hate that hulk decks don't yeah yeah. that's that's one of the biggest advantages which is like if someone plays a graph diggers cage or rest in peace typically in hulk decks if they're not running like 
a second like some hulk decks run a secondary combo uh what is it freed from the real bloom tender has been one in the past yeah, to make just, just because mana it's like Thrasios. It's, yeah um and you know but 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 with with this you, you don't have to dedicate like two separate slots to that kind of effect uh you just get uh your standard like basically most of the pieces that you're already running constitute your secondary win con you're just not doing that flash hulk aspect of it you're just yeah academy casting, rector being yeah. another like white card that that really enables that secondary strategy yeah. yeah uh so to kind of summarize what we were just saying flash not not just regard to sacred hulk but you know kind of the whole flash hulk uh, discussion on and consult discussion flash really is the win con to beat in the format and is really dictating the pace and how what decks are kind of viable what decks even or, get to like they even get to like yeah. sit at the table like it sets like a very hard lower bar on what you can do when there's a flash hog player at the table right yeah a lot of the the lower tier decks in the format are can't play uh or can't really are are gonna if you if you sit down with one of the lower tier uh decks in the format that you know if there's no blue in your deck you need you need to be doing something really good or you're gonna be causing a burden for uh the other players who are you know relying on your interaction to help keep everyone else in check so you really need specific pod compositions to kind of get away with playing some of the lower tier decks uh but yeah so flash really the win con to beat and then consult sort of playing second fiddle to flash uh, for the reasons we discussed, it also, but I do want to highlight that there are still multiple unique viable archetypes uh, that that are being played in the format, right? So we touched briefly on food chain, um, which you know is it in, it incorporates consult elements, but it is kind of doing something a bit different in in doing the food chain win con. There's uh, uh divergent decks which are you know more niche there's uh, uh, N- Najila is definitely yeah, a thing N- Najila is a good yeah. one get Urza still sees play Urza yeah. and what? these decks these decks aren't as strong as Hulk um you know in a without Hulk without flash in the meta particularly uh and if Hulk gets slowed down you're not forced to kind of respect that instant speed win uh a lot of these other decks kind of kind of move to parity with with the uh, consult roughly because you know their cheapest win with lab man still requires them to draw a card and it's at sorcery speed and then jace obviously has you know the four casting cost uh and triple blue so being more mana intensive and uh being at sorcery speed kind of makes everything else more even but uh, as long as Flash is around, you're, you're, these, these decks like Gitrog and uh, Godo and a few others are, are really not going to be in the, their best uh, the, the, the best position. And I think one of the other important things to look at when we look at sort of the, the less viable strategies um, is specifically a lot of the strategies that are incidentally hit by... Uh, Hulk hate so your rest in pieces curse totems and graph diggers cages um, there's a lot of interesting stuff there but it's very hard to justify running a deck that can't play flash Hulk or the cards that punish flash Hulk because at a certain point why are you like you're vulnerable to the Hulk hate and it's really awkward in a lot of games to remove it a lot of the time like if there's a graph diggers cage and you're playing 
I don't know, I'll use Yisan as an example. Yisan has other issues, but you're playing <laughs> Yisan, there's a Graph Digger's Cage in play. Are you really going to destroy it when there's a Flash Elk player at the table? Uh, probably not, and you can't put it in your own deck. So, like, that strategies that fold to that, or ones even that just want to leverage the green to play creature tutors like Cord Finale and Green Suns um, are in a very awkward spot with Flash Hulk being so prevalent, hate for Flash Hulk being so prevalent, and not <clears throat> wanting it to not be in play. Yeah. It's, yeah, sometimes that type of restriction actually makes you vulnerable to consult as it being kind of like an inevitable late game strategy. Like if you, you know, spend your time deck building and make your deck not vulnerable to rest in peace, Graphicus Cage, Curse Totem, some sub subset of that, you could wind up just losing to consult. Yeah. So speaking of stacks pieces like rest in peace, Graph Cage, Curse Totem, Due to the kind of prevalence of, of Hulk and Consult being two very popular decks that don't have uh, overlapping stacks, uh, there's some stacks pieces that have become, you know, nigh unplayable. Not not just because they don't hit both and they, they only hit one, which can be, you know, very detrimental if you're only hitting one, but cards like uh, Rule of Law uh, and Trinisphere these are some stacks pieces that used to be quite popular uh before you know flash hulk was really like a solid win instant speed win con and was more just relegated to the sorcery speed breakfast uh the main reason being that you're kind of limiting ability of people to interact like especially with the tax effects uh things like 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 flash just being a one and one and a blue to cast it's not you know you, you pay one more mana under the trinisphere but you put a, a steep price on other people trying to develop their board and hold up interaction at the same time yeah because they have to be holding at least three mana to interact with you at all yeah no, so like, it really not becomes even, a choice between am so, i gonna do something to advance my own game plan or am i just gonna always try to respect this potential flash that might not even be there yeah like you, you play a trinisphere and like people are stuck at like five lands because they're just like not i don't know like you get up to five lands and you just stop looking for lands that hard right you get up to five lands and you're like well now i've untapped there's a hulk player holding up three mana if i do anything i don't have the mana to interact with this with this anymore so, like, either I'm now not doing anything with my turn and just having to pass because of the Trinisphere in play, or I'm trying to develop and just hope they don't have it. Yeah. And, and that's for, like, everybody at the table. And, and yeah, and Rule of Law has a very similar thing where, particularly if not all of the decks at the table are likely to have instant speed interaction, the decks that do have it, they cast something, and then they can't interact, so... It's it becomes a very awkward situation where essentially you can just be flashed at any time if you ever try and cast a spell when somebody else isn't holding up interaction, which is hard to judge. Yeah, or like or if somebody else has already cast a spell. Yeah, like yeah, if someone, one player like casts something scary, one law. player counters it, and then it's like, oh well, neither of those two players can interact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say like an ad nauseum, and someone goes, "Oh, is that threat worth you know 
using my counter spell and, and potentially going shields down against the flash player. Adnaz, yeah, probably goes to counter the Adnaz flash on top. Uh, rule of law, notably, like, and, and Trinisphere as well, these would be great stacks pieces against uh, Consult. Uh, I mean, against that Trinis- style Trinisphere of deck. is like the style of deck, great. Yeah. Yeah, calling it great against consult is is maybe a bit iffy because you know Labman and and Jace are you know paying the tax on those. You're you're paying a bit of tax on consult, which makes it harder for them to protect. But rule of law definitely uh, puts a damper into those combos <laughs> because typically people don't want to run out their Labman or Jace and then pass the turn. <laughs> you don't know that <laughs> come on yeah <laughs> dude jace is a great value engine he screws top deck tutors draws a card every turn <clears throat> yeah nuts dies to um, prom <laughs> <laughs> yeah so to kind of conclude this this deck and strategy diversity section we just want to kind of give some actual concrete not really quote stats, unquote, but, quote unquote yeah. stats <laughs> anecdotes i don't know just kind of we're okay we're, we're going to be giving you a sort of rough meta breakdown of what the uh the last two tournaments so uh cdh tournaments so these were the time twisted tournaments uh that that were webcam tournaments uh over discord uh so these were these had fairly decent showings lots of competitive decks and I guess these were the most recent of note tournaments in, in the CDH community. So in the very last one, six of the eight top eight decks were Hulk decks. Uh, and five of them were four color or more. And I think one three of, their, of them one were of relevant common distinct Thrasios Timna Hulk archetypes. So there is, like we were saying, there is some diversity between the flash Hulk archetypes so these weren't all on the same strategy but you know like we said earlier when the flash is on the stack there isn't too much difference at the end of the day <laughs> and i think another really crucial thing to point out about this tournament is that there were 10 out of 40 entrants on flash Hulk decks which means that when which is 25 percent yeah and, and 75% rate. in the top eight, which means that bringing Flash Hulk made you three times more likely as the average than the average player to make top eight. Yeah, and 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 so then we're also going to mention briefly the previous uh, time to tournament because this might paint an overly bleak uh, picture of the format. I mean, Hulk is very strong, and no one's going to deny that, but. You know, other decks are still able to eke out wins and, and, every now and, and then. And of of <laughs> of note, I like that specifically. That tournament was fairly light on the Hulk hate that was required to like actually combat Hulk. Yeah, which was in part because yeah. it had a shorter time limit than a lot of other ones. But yeah, there 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 were, there were not as many rest and peaches or rest and pieces or grafters cages in that tournament as I think are probably required at this point. But that is just it. It does show that. If there's not dedicated hate in people's decks, like this is sort of just what happens, right? Yeah, uh, and then so the 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 time twisted tournament before this, uh, the finals consisted of the top eight. Sorry, consisted of two food chain decks, two Hulk decks, two consult decks, an Urza deck, and a Kiki Pod deck. So like Kiki Jiki Birthing Pod combos. Um, so 
if you kind of want to do the opposite here, you can kind of be like, well, the two food chain decks are kind of like console decks, so you can lump those with the other two console decks. So then you get four out of eight of the uh, top top eight decks are console, and two of those are Hulk, and you've only got other like two unique kind of decks going on. But yeah, those are those are the two most recent tournaments, and uh, and I, I don't think many people in the community were surprised to see those. Uh, and looking those top at eights. a looking at a slightly smaller or different sample size i believe it's now the last four tournaments in a row have had at least two flash shock decks in the final four pods and there's there's lots of variance involved in that but that's a that's a pretty extreme result yeah and then that not even not even to mention uh you know like ranked online stats and all that stuff not even getting into those weeds but I mean, it's. I think it's been fairly obvious that like these are the two things that are going on right now, for the most part. Yeah, and uh, the the last thing we can wrap this up with. So our our last little mini category here is kind of rates of brewing. So just how has has uh, what's the the brewing what's brewing been like in the format? Has this been affected by the meta at all? Uh, you know strategy diversity deck diversity is is this is brewing adding to that or you know making it worse so we've kind of got uh it's it's kind of it's it's hard to quantify this it's definitely just coming from experience in terms of you know uh a lot of us from the podcast are actually you know in the trenches on the discords you know interacting with people as they're brewing or brewing ourselves so we kind of get some hands-on experience with this. So that's where our opinions are coming from here. So, you know, take that as you will. But I think this is a pretty accurate way to, to sum what's going on. Um, you know, Reed, you can you can talk about this first point here. I think this is yeah, sure. right. Um, well, yeah. Um, it's basically been, for the last little while now, um, there's sort of been a stagnation in... Uh, like new like major decks coming out of existing commanders so obviously uh, when new commanders get printed um, people brew with them and try to make them work and obviously we've gotten stuff like Corvold recently which you know while, while not like one of the best decks in the format is definitely like a new decent deck that you can play um, but there, there really hasn't been much coming out of like existing cards um that being said, the release of Dockside Extortionist definitely helped out. It opened up a lot of space to work with. Definitely made it easier for some commanders to win. Made some strategies more viable. Yeah. Uh, the one thing with Dockside Extortionist is it's kind of just a more efficient... I guess I guess it gives you access to non-blue... Uh, you know, the, the standard infinite mana win con was, you know, Isochron Scepter Dramatic Reversal, and it kind of gave you uh, the option to do that in, you know, if you want to do Dockside Extortionist Cloudstone Curio things or Dockside Extortionist Team or Sabertooth things, you can. Most of the good commanders with infinite mana outlets are blue anyway, so, you know, arguably you can just talk about which is the better, what what has individually better cards, there's there's all kinds of considerations. Well, but I think I think the key, a couple benefits that you're glossing over a little bit are that creature tutors find both halves of your 
combo. Yeah, yeah. that as well. Um, which is particularly relevant when you're not in black. But kind of the point I think that that I can make here is that you're it's it's the same you you can have basically the same shell obviously there's some deck building considerations for um isochron scepter dramatic reversal where you need a higher density of rocks or mana dorks but generally you can kind of interchange these two win cons keep your commanders the same and your 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 deck like mostly the same and you're you're gonna function you know more or less the same uh and then the other point that, that I, I kind of have written down here is that because Hulk and console decks are individually like very strong and easily splashable in that they're non-commander dependent win cons, they're frequently the subjects of new brews. Like so Kenrith is a good example where you know generic five color commander gets printed. Uh, you can just take the consult shell and you know you know take the ninety nine from you know a Thrasios Timna deck and add in some good red cards and slap that together. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then uh, with Hulk, you know, kind of same deal there, where you get access to some some cool red cards, but the core 99 doesn't really say the same so you're just you're taking the same shell and slapping a new commander on it and that's that's not i'm not saying all brewing has been that or i'm not trying to reduce it be super reductive on that like that but uh there's certainly a fair amount of brewing that is done with this kind of recipe yeah uh, and i think like i'm just gonna state kind of directly a point that i think was a bit um was common between all these points, which is like the brewing is happening um, with what, like what kind of new strategy can you pair with either consult or Hulk? Yeah. Like so, does this beyond does the this, regular strategies? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It, or the known strategies. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. What? Like, <laughs> you take it. So I just, yeah, I just wanted to tack on, um, just, yeah, sort of just like, okay, like this new card's out, cool. Now, can I make Hulk or Consult better with this card? <laughs> or like, can I, can I, can I make one of these strategies does, better? Does this commander beat Thrasios Timna? No. Do I want to be a hipster? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel personally attacked. <laughs> what happens if I have Hulk, but then I build my deck to win through combat damage because the game takes three hours to complete? <laughs> that kind of, that kind of yeah, yeah, brewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm definitely personally attacked. <laughs> now what if, what if I intentionally handicap my deck so that my Hulk line requires me to have my commander on the board to win? <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right. uh, so i think that about wraps it up for the uh the state of the format you know kind of thing we covered about hulk and consult and uh wait, wait, wait. Uh, linden yeah uh new spoiler just dropped check it out i've heard on the show okay, notes hold. oh whoa, 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 whoa what's this thassa's or it's a merfolk wizard okay that one three for two blue mana, Thassa's Oracle. When Thassa's Oracle enters the battlefield, look at the top X cards of your library where X is your devotion to blue. Put up to one of them on top of your library. Okay, card selection, I guess. The rest on the bottom of your library in random order. If X is greater than or equal to the number of cards in your library, you win the game. Huh. That's familiar text. Well then. Winning the game with the uh, with no cards low in your library, library count. Have we seen That's this before like a lab somewhere? man, isn't it? 
Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say this sort of looks like <laughs> I don't like a Jace Wielder of Mysteries, except it doesn't cost three blue. And yeah, a yeah, one. yeah. Hold on, but Jace Wielder of Mysteries costs uh, one triple blue and is also an activated ability on the like a loyalty ability of the yeah. Planeswalker, I mean, and also a, has to be in play when the ability resolves for you to win. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what you're telling me is this is like I cast this. It's an ETB. So, like, I can just put that on the stack and then respond with that on the stack and cast a Demonic Consultation or a Tainted Pact, exile my library, and then win the game even if they remove Thassa's Oracle? I, I think that is correct, considering that it says if X is greater than or equal to the number of cards in your library, you win the Whoa, game. That's cra- Wait, guys, <laughs> guys, hold on, hold on. Is this going to Hulk pile? Yeah, this, I think this could work it? in Hulk, too. No, guys, it can't go in a Hulk pile. <laughs> no way. If you're if you have a shuffler in it, then you're never gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just wait a second. Wait a second. If if I, it says greater than or equal to, right? Yep. So if I get my if I if I cast Flash, put Hulk into play, Hulk trigger, I get Thassa's Oracle into play. Then I get, you know, something that could mill my library, like, let's say, Cephalid Illusionist and Nomad's Encore, you know, the classic breakfast combo. Uh, and I just mill my library in response to this ETB. You're telling me even if they remove Thassa's Oracle, that I'm just going to win the game, right? I'm, that, I'm, that's... I'm telling you that even if they sudden shock every creature on your board until it's dead, you win the game. Beats mm. split second. That's interesting. That's interesting there. Okay. <laughs> Write that one down. Yeah. Huh. You know, I'm just kind of putting the pieces together now, but that seems like a really, really slot efficient combo. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I'd say it's, that, that's what, like three cards? Well, and you get, you could, oh, oh my God. And like, you can also just do the standard, like, instead of doing, like, if you think of Nomad's Encore and Cephalus Looseness as, like, the sacred guide, you can still do, like, the Spellseeker demonic consultation thing, too, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah, like, it's just... Wow, that's, that's and, really and interesting. You know, so really, you know what's really cool about that one? What? Is that, you, you know how, like, when it hits the battlefield, it just, like, triggers? Yeah. And you know how, like, triggered abilities, like, aren't activated abilities, right? Like, I think I have the ruling correct on that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, triggered abilities aren't activated abilities? Oh, so, and sp- oh, and, oh, I think and, I see where you're and, going and here. And a Spellseeker yeah, yeah, yeah. is also not a tri- not an activated ability, right? It's also a triggered ability. So Cursed Totem doesn't even touch this combo. This is also true. Interesting. Really interesting. Yeah, and, and so this combo is also just really cheap. It's, oh, oh my god, it's almost like a cheaper Laboratory Maniac with a cantrip stapled to it. Right? Like, when you're thinking about it in terms of just, you win the game by casting this for blue, blue, and demonic consultation just win the game so you get like some really solid overlap between flash hulk and uh and consultation huh it's like you only need like eight cards in your deck to just have both of the best win condition okay we can just scrap this entire first half of the episode like what we were talking about these differences between flash hulk and and consultation but like (laughs) why would you ever run either of those when you could just run both and get the best of both worlds in fact this card just makes both decks better than the sum of their parts so uh well no they're they're less than some of their parts because there's some of their parts is an unholy abomination of Hulk and console. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh god! Um, it's so, so yeah, viewing, right? Dropping dropping the facade 
first of all, totally called it. If anybody, if any of you listened to our last episode, yeah, so I, this, we, we, this, we, it isn't. Yeah. It isn't actually the morning right now. It is yeah, actually yes. the evening. So, it, no, it's, so it is. It is not. Yeah, it is so not it is, the morning. So or evening my of prediction from our end of year episode, last episode, was that uh, within the next year, which is this year, twenty twenty. Uh, wizards would screw up terribly and print some horribly broken Hulk piece, say akin to a two mana blood artist stapled to a sack outlet. Uh, it is currently uh, the 9th of January 2020. Uh, this was spoiled on the 7th. You don't get extra points if it happens quickly, dude. It happened within a week of the new year. <laughs> what? Statement of fact. And they what? printed a last Zero points awarded. Staple, staple to it. For Reed mana. was holding a monkey's paw as he said that prediction. <laughs> and uh, his, his horrible wish came true. In the and of course the most ironically the twisted worst. Yeah. Also, I think I think one thing one thing that's important to say is when he made that prediction of a sack outlet stapled to a blood artist for two mana, I said there's no way they'd ever like they know how insane that would be. This is a thousand times better. Than <laughs> so that. much better. Well, yeah. so much better than that card that I said. There's no way they'd ever print it. That would be insane. Well, they, to be fair, I doubt they would actually ever print that for like constructing like, like yeah, other format player, reasons. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But <laughs> yes, this card is fine in other formats, probably. But for ours, it's uh, oh boy. Well, it's fine in other formats because they don't have like Flash and Hulk legal <laughs> or demonic consultation <laughs> legal. Dude, 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 dude. Okay, you ready for this? You play. Yeah. You play Legacy Tainted Pact. And you have two tainted packs, <laughs> and, and you one just has to go Oracle. get Oracle. Let's go, dude! It's the all okay, win so, con we've always wanted. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's we can we can kind of get out of this sort of free form discussion we got going on, and let's 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 kind of let's get to the hard facts. So first, so first yeah. of all, uh, let's just like lay down the facts of like what it does, because like it it might have get lost in like us meaning a bit there. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so basically, this is a two mana laboratory maniac stapled to a cantrip that is immune to removal. I got all of that. That's all of it, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 That's about it. Okay. So it's yeah. So it's yeah. Two CMC laboratory maniac stapled to a cantrip doesn't lose to removal. So, first of all, as a base case, you if you want to slot this into an existing console deck, uh, your win now instead of either two blue-black plus a draw to win the game for a Lab Maniac, or one blue-blue-blue-black to win the game off of Jace plus Consult. You can now win the game off of blue-blue-black in two cards. Yeah. That's Which is fairly incredible. That raid is already insane, so, right? Like, it's, it's yeah, very rare it, to find, like, a three-mana win the game. It's not, yeah, it's not only is it, like very man efficient and early that it can present wins it's that these even if it's not you're not pulling off the insane early win it just like flash it allows i mean ignoring the fact that this also fits great into flash hulk uh just like flash it's a very cheap win that means you can just you know fill your 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 deck with loads of cheap uh protection and interaction so you know, the the less mana you have to spend on your win con, the earlier you can do it, and the more easily you can protect it. Yeah. Um, and then on yeah. the other half of this, on the non-consult side, because that's really good for consult, like, consult just wants a third lab man effect, and this is it. 
Um, yeah. On the other half of the table, uh, Hulk just sort of goes nuts with this. Um, yeah, so earlier in the episode, we talked about how there being a bunch of different varieties of uh, of Hulk decks. And they all, they all, so, they all had weaknesses as a thing. Like they're, yeah, they're, yeah. To, trade to, off. To, Sacred Sacred Hulk was you know the fusion between console and Hulk, but had deck building considerations. And yeah, you, we can we can enumerate them all. But Reed, as the uh, person who who the owner and, and chief mod of the Hulk Discord uh, Discord server, what did what did you do when this card was spoiled? Uh, as soon as this card was spoiled, I took I believe our nine separate channels for discussion on different builds of hulk uh put them all into an archive so nobody could comment on them and then made one channel because this is the only deck that we need anymore for hulk decks and yeah now it's truly unified hulk <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah and, and it's it's because it it's so this this card has gobbled up so we we were talking about earlier in the sorry I'm at a like a loss words this card gets me so this card puts me on tilt every time I look at it uh, but we we were talking about how Hulk was already eating up a large portion of the metagame. same with consult uh, and how they were you know but even even and there's there was some diversity between like the actual builds of it all the Hulk builds are gone. This eats them up. This also eats up basically the best consult deck, which was Consult Scepter Thrasios, because the best consult deck is now just Consult plus Hulk. It, it's literally so, it's just it's basically just CST with like a few like four extra cards, I think, total. And it's suddenly minus dramatic reversal, minus scepter plus yeah. flash plus Hulk. Yeah. Call it a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. so it's it, it does uh it does some things so just to talk about like the actual dedicated wincon package so here's uh, i've got a list of cards that are like these are the only cards you need to include to have the most powerful wincon that cdh has ever seen like the most powerful in terms of like you know you get your your instant speed wins with hulk which is your resilient so wins with consoles so like all yeah. the a plus b combinations but it's all so you it's need, also sorry just like tacking on that one as well it's not yeah. just that this like lets hulk layer in with consult and lets you do both in the same deck very efficiently it's also that this is also just like so much more resilient to any hate than hulk piles have been because yeah. you basically you cast flash put a hulk in the bin get a hulk trigger get the pile of so you can get like thassa's oracle plus the breakfast combo which um, is then immune to so you can't like use like a relic progenitus or anything or like a death right shaman because the whole trigger happened and you're graveyard. not trying to use it again and nothing's in the graveyard anymore so that doesn't that doesn't work um, you can't remove anything because the removal doesn't matter because you can just yeah, you well, just stack you can, up a bunch you, of well, mill triggers you can't triggers. remove Thassa's oracle and you yeah. can't remove any of the breakfast pieces because you just activate in response yeah. right so you're stuck in this place where you have to like stifle the set the Thassa's oracle trigger and stifle is not a great card or you just have to be able to counter the hulk so like it's either like you stifle the trigger or counter the flash and if you're not in blue good luck because i don't actually i actually don't know what you can do to stop it from happening 
Yeah. So as a Gitrog, as, as a Gitrog, we've run uh, we've run Graph Digger's cage and things in the past. Um, now, one of the problems with running Graph Digger's cage or Leyline of the Void or Rest in Peace is that you only hit half. You only hit the Flash Hulk portion. So you're you're barely scraping the deck, right? Because it's just so efficient as just a general regular console deck with good good stuff cards and great you know grind ability so you know rest in peace isn't going to do much much at all uh so we kind of i we just kind of scrapped the uh graph diggers cage idea uh grave hate extra pate used to see play uh, like as a niche tech against hulk um because they couldn't respond with like protection so you could exile their combo pieces but now the only access for gitrog to attack this deck terms of like interaction is just straight up hand attack which in cdh not the best i think also one like earlier we were talking about sacred hulk that the existence of a deck like sacred hulk meant that people looked at the format and decided that the benefit of putting consult and flash hulk together was worth having to pay at least an extra white mana to win the game after Flash and not being able to run any white cards. Yeah. Like, the, the fact that people were playing that deck and were winning with it was evidence that, like, this is something that you want to be doing, right? Sacred Guide is one and a white. Uh, so it's an extra right, two so mana some, Well, Flash. some people included Blood Pet in the, oh, okay. yeah, the deck. But it caused at least an extra white yeah, to win. Yeah, okay. Um... Yeah. It, which is also relevant in a deck with no white cards that you had to be you have able to, to, be able to generate a white, white mana, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Speaking of Blood Pet too, like I don't I don't necessarily think it's gonna end up in, you know, some of the more optimal builds, but because this card is two mana, you do have an extra free mana slot. In both of those so piles, unlike, by the way. Yeah, yeah, unlike Laboratory Maniac and Spellseeker, where you couldn't find a Blood Pet, you have to pay an extra black mana to find the Demonic Consultation, uh, and you also need to have a way to win, like to draw a card in the old uh, Sacred Hulk de- builds. Now, if you find Thassa's Oracle and uh, Spellseeker, you can just chuck in a Blood Pet, and your Demonic Consultation is free, and of course, the draw ability is stable to the Thassa's Oracle, so not even a problem. Uh but yeah, so I wanted to, to just talk about, I wanted to list the cards that are necessary to include in your win package. So it consists of nine cards in this new uh, unified Hulk consult deck. Uh, so that's going to be your two Forbidden Tutors, uh, which is Demonic Consultation and Tainted Pact, uh, which we've described are both not necessarily dead cards on their own. Uh, then you've got Nomad's Encore and Cephalid Illusionist, which are, you know, dead, dedicated combo cards. Flash and Hulk, more or less dead, dedicated combo cards. Uh, Spellseeker. Which is a pretty fantastic card, card like on a, its own. I just yeah, want uh, to be known. Yeah. Thassa's Oracle, which... As its, um, as its you know, base case is... A great combo piece, and but as a base case, you get to it's just like almost look a, at the... It's almost yeah. like a better Augur of Bolas on its own. Well, it's more like an omen speaker than an like an bullet. Well, like, but yeah. it gives you a card. No, it doesn't. It goes on top. Oh, sorry. No, it it does go top. on top. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. but it's so like, it's, a, it's an omen. Speaker. It's still an omen speaker, which is like not a, a card that has yeah. seen constructed play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the last card here is Jace Wielder of Mysteries, 
uh, which you know we we've talked about before. So not even all of these nine slots, which you get, you get a lot of value out of these these nine slots. A lot of redundancy and lots of multiple ways to assemble the A plus B combo. Uh, not even all of these are dead. Some of these are very strong cards. Tainted Pact, very, very strong card on its own. Spellseeker, very strong card on its own. And of course, Demonic Consultation still has usefulness. And you know what? Like, Flash, like, here's some things that, that people even haven't, like, like we you haven't can, talked you about can, like, much either. Yeah. You can flash in Thassa's Oracle and, yep. you know, consult and response. So, like, you can assemble sub weird mi- mixed up combos in here, too right so if you want to let's say uh you cast a big ad nauseum and someone's uh you know someone you've got some mana left over you can you know flash in oracle do that you can necropotence and assemble the symbol the combo that way uh, in the end step you can draw lots of cards with the heuristic study if someone's like there's a big counter war or something and then you can just you know flash in thassa's oracle demonic consultation there's, which do, which does also mean you can win at instant speed through Grafdigger's Cage and Rest in Peace, which is something no Hulk deck has ever been able to and, do. And that is not a thing that I'm fairly sure any deck has ever been able to do. Reasonable. I don't think yeah. any other deck really has any like ability to win through one of their combo pieces getting countered very effectively. With Flash, it's even greater than that because you don't care if Flash gets countered. You don't care if Flash gets exiled from your deck. Um, you don't care if Hulk gets exiled from your right. deck. You don't even care if yeah, you don't even care if Hulk gets exiled because you have this like amazing combo that is easy to assemble by itself um and uninterrupted by your opponent's interruption. Yeah, there is there is no like good like you can extract, you can cast extract, take a piece from this deck and it's it's still going to fu- it's barely barely hindered. Yeah, if yeah. you if you extract uh protein Hulk. Thassa's Oracle is probably the best one to extract. Because yeah. then you're reliant on Jace console. And even but. even then, if they just if they just choose to play the third lab man, like actual factual lab man, extracting the Thassa's Oracle means they still have piles to do like get spell seeker plus lab man. And then if they have a draw, they still win off of that, right? Yeah. Or like, yeah, like or, you, it totally if, depends on how like extract... decks evolve to combat this strategy, right? Like I don't think we're gonna see extract, but <laughs> this deck could so easily make like a couple like yeah exactly like we said just swap the the jace for the laboratory maniac like very subtle changes minor changes it doesn't have to do a complete overhaul to very easily adapt to or sorry i guess counter adapt to how the other decks are adapting uh <laughs> yeah what what else is there to say about this card i think i think we pretty much covered like also, um, why it's an issue I, right? I also want to touch on this um specifically like i i'm not sure if we actually like fully spelled it out um but the issue with thassa's oracle getting printed is that the only the only strategies that it's good for are hulk and consult right yeah like it it doesn't really present value to almost any other strategy i don't think it basically buffs the two strongest decks, yeah. arguably the strongest decks in the format. And so, uh, so it puts a them solid amount and combines yeah. them into it, one. Monster. So yeah, it, it, puts, it makes like a pure ad nauseum console deck. A bit so just better. like yeah, at, at its base, it pushes the two already existing best strategies in the format further above everything else and widens that gap. But then also creates a deck that's a combination of both that is even further above that. Yeah. Uh, 
so as as this uh, just, this just feels like a Dragon Ball Z episode, you know. It's just like this isn't even my final form. Like, come on, like, it, you got you got to stop powering up and coming up with new fucking move names at some point. Just come yeah. on, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, as as you know, listeners of the show probably feel, and as as I'm sure they're aware met many people in the community were not happy about this card and it's and this discussion has been had had like a lot over the past two days like no i don't think any of these points are necessarily very original and i think they've probably been talked over like a hundred of times already on twitter and discord and wherever but like still yeah there's yeah i'm just i'd like breathing a sigh of defeat here it's it's so like People on the Gitrog Discord where someone joked that uh, they made a tagline for the server, which is, you know, your one-stop shop for your favorite new casual deck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Oh, that's 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 depressing. Yeah, because like this the existence of this monstrosity combo deck, you know, the the consult flash all you know unified deck is just it eclipses and just pushes everything else out. Yeah, isn't Commander supposed to be like the brewing format? Even in <laughs> even in even in the competitive landscape, like, and, dude. And you know even, what? Even even under Timna Winter and like the Flash Hulk Menace, we've still managed to like eke out some deck diversity. And, and dude, whatnot. even then, just like brewing Timothrasius Jank is sort of fun. And it was just like, oh, I'll just like stick these weird comp like cards in, and we'll do just do like mid range stuff and like the race to who can play the most like five like seedborn muses in a deck with like the least interaction stolen, right? <laughs> yep. This strips all the fun out of that. Even I don't even want to build Timothrasius yeah, so Jank anymore. <laughs> I I was doing doing some stuff like throwing together a list, and I know Reed, like you were building a list, and you know the deck. First of all, like you were saying, it builds itself. You put in those nine cards, and the rest is like, okay, I'll just put all the best ramp cards in, the best protection cards, you know, easy mana base, and then the rest, like, oh, the best value engines. And then you've still got, after in putting in all the best cards, you've still got, like, 20 slots. And you're just like, oh, okay, well, now I get to just, like, <laughs> pick and choose and adapt my meta and be like, okay, well, these these interaction slots aren't playing as nicely as I wanted them to. I guess I'll just swap them out for better ones or whatever. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, like, I put in all the best uh, like protective counter spells, all the best tutors, uh, all the best, like some of the best value engines, and like just some solid, like all around interaction. And I've still got eleven slots left to fill. Like it's insane. Absolutely I think this, for- insane. this format is like it's often kind of made fun of for the fact that you know every deck is running soaring and mana crypt and. But now it's kind of like, what twenty cards are you running that differentiates you from? everyone else is like 80 cards <laughs> yeah um so like what does this mean for the format like we, we've already touched on this a bit so we, we don't have to reiterate all the points but you know and, and also kind of just we're not really being alarmist or like hyperbolic here just we we've read the you can you know connect the, the the dots yourself right like, this is this is how it is people who've played cdh know the power of you know hulk and consult and can read between the lines on, on how the fusion the super ultra mega upgraded dragon ball z version of that deck is 
Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, as as a good example, um, I brewed and wrote the primer for um, Holden Teller of Tales from the Throne of Eldraine Brawl decks. And like when I built that deck, I was going, okay, I'm gonna build this so I can play the Hulk hate. Um, and then I don't have to worry about artifact hate, and I can actually win through uh, Curse Totem and Linvala, like activated creature ability hate. And that was sort of the principle upon which I built the deck, which meant I also made some sacrifices. I wasn't running uh, Green Sun Zenith, I wasn't running Eldritch Evolution, that sort of stuff. And that is one of the big things that provides an avenue for brewing in CDH is how can I build a deck that plays well into these sorts of hate pieces, gets to run specific hate pieces, and so can attack existing combos. And this basically completely invalidates that. There's no reason to play a suboptimal deck because it's more resilient to hate. Because it's now no longer more resilient to hate than Flash Hulk, which is sort of the... was the existing sort of fastest, strongest deck. That was vulnerable to hate at least some amount of hate. Yeah, yeah well, it's, like it's you know those like pentagrams where like in like I don't know like Pokemon or like some RPGs where you've got like power, speed, agility, you know, all it's these just, different. It's just like, maxed stats. out. It's it's maxed out. It's <laughs> yeah. maxed out in everything. Oh man, that's like the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, is like that. Uh, yeah, this so, is like when you're playing like uh like a Mario Kart game or whatever. And, like, you play through enough of the game that it unlocks the cart that just has, like, <laughs> yeah. all the best, like, it's, cluttering. Oh, yeah, this one's better than the other yeah. ones. It's, it's the pay-to-win DLC. Yeah. <laughs> max speed, max acceleration, Literally. max handling. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, and like, uh, just to boot, it just doesn't require a lot of skill to execute the combos or to, you know. Yeah, it's just, like. I mean, piloting, there's some nuance in terms of counterspells and stuff like that. But so, like, a, yeah, a big thing like, for, like. You're not rewarded for deck knowledge. A, a big thing for, like, skill expression in, in like, existing Hulk decks before this was, like, you, the, the skill didn't come from, like, the turn to flash you and dead you. It came from, like, oh, something went wrong. Okay, how do I fix this while still winning the game, right? Like, I drew a piece that I need to be in my deck to get out with Hulk. How do I deal with that? Or just like all like fringe situations that come up that you have to like pile through and like, okay, well, I have creatures in my deck that do this, but like, can I solve the issue that it's currently at hand with stuff that I can get out of my deck? Like, can I win off this Hulk trigger? This doesn't really, there, and there's none of that skills required here. And it's not even like, it, or it is absolutely that, but it is that and more like before the printing of this card, there were multiple Hulk variants that each had their own weaknesses. So there was a lot of skill in choosing, you know, the deck to pick for the metagame that you're going to play in. Now it's like there's just one deck because there isn't a metagame that you have to worry about anymore. Yeah, you're yeah, there's like not an axis along which any other Hulk deck has any advantage over this one. Yeah, it's, it's, not, like, it's not like you're such an absurd statement to make. I almost can't even believe I'm saying it. Yeah, it's not like but you're literally ah, nothing. God. You're not trading anything away to play this hog pile or to play like just this combination of cards <laughs> you're just like oh i got to cut the five dead cards from my deck that i never wanted to play play a more resilient pile that's also faster can still win the game at instant speed for one in a blue and just gets to play better card quality 
and layers beautifully and with layers an beautifully. extremely hate resilient yeah. backup plan. Okay, like and just just to kind of <laughs> contextualize this maybe a bit further. So we're just if, if we were to take all the cards off the ban list and look at the meta that would result in like the strongest win cons. So obviously time vault like Derevi is insane. But I think that like I, mean, I, I think I think this is I think Das's Oracle makes it into the Timnathrasios time vault deck, which is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, which is ins- yeah, it's insane to say. Like, <laughs> like I'm, this I'm, is- I'm playing my Timnathrasios <laughs> time vault deck with time walk all the power nine, except for like time or uh, except for like time twister because I don't really need it anymore. Like all the like all the mocks and black lotus. I'm playing like all the fast mana I can. I'm just like killing you as fast as possible. I th- yeah, I think that deck is still on Thassa's Oracle plus the Forbidden Tutors. Like I think there's I think there's really three decks to look at in terms of a no ban list format. That's Derevi Time Vault, that's Thrasios Timna Time Vault plus uh, you know, Flash Consult, and there's the Leovold uh same version of the Thrasios like Timna that is also thing. Around, like wheels and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like that's those are the three. And I decks. think Leovold and Thrasium to both play Oracle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like Derevi can even run Flash Hulk with the breakfast pile and Thassa's Oracle. Probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't, but, it, but like yeah. It it's can. Just, <laughs> it can. Like why not? <laughs> like that's I guess like the lack of black and tutors, but like it's that's that's where we're at. It's as if Time Vault was unbanned. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> We're trying to be realistic. Try to be not alarmist here, but you know, not alarmist. Oh man, it feels that way, man. It feels it, that way. Okay, it's not time. time, time. It's definitely it's not, not time. time. It's definitely not time. But we're we're saying that it would probably be in like the last like twenty slots of the time vault deck, but. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, just think <laughs> think about it in terms of the mana costs for the Time Vault combo in yeah. the non-Derevi deck. If you exclude Derevi, Time Vault requires Time Vault plus Volt Key or, you know, Mana Fold Key or whatever the other one is. Wait, guys, I'm not I'm following, not. like, the, the time skips here. Like, is this, what year is this right now? Are we yeah, in 2030? Is, we're, we're in, in, we're in 20XX. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the mana kind of lines up, right? Okay, you, you know what? I, got I, your, we can uh, move on from this. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not time ball. Let's just move yeah. on. <laughs> There's comparisons to be made, but uh, they're both so magic cards. Can this card or can can this what deck situation that we currently archetype have. situation? Yeah, be resolved without external intervention. So we we've definitely also covered aspects of this. Uh, no. Not really. Yeah, so I've seen there's been a lot of discussion on what cards um are the effectively at, well no, it's what cards effectively attack this strategy. Like yeah. what is it that you would tech in to fight against this? And basically the answer is you have to play all the Hulk hate you're already playing. Plus, on top of that, you'd need to add in like stifles or um, certain other like niche niche effects that can either counter the triggered ability or certain things that let you put cards back in decks, which don't even guarantee or, do it all the time. Which don't even guarantee do it because if they get like the the cephalid breakfast pile, then you do still just die to like they can just mill themselves again. Um, 
and you you so you have to be prepared to die to flash at any time and if you successfully land a hate piece that stops you from uh dying, dying to yeah. flash hulk you can still die at instant speed to flash oracle and console through tainted pact and you can also die at sorcery speed to a, a two card a plus b three mana combo from the same deck this is one deck so yeah, so like it, without yeah you'd have to not, be putting 10 cards into every other deck just to fight one deck yeah, the the real only way you can uh, fight this deck is with counterspells, and if you're not playing this exact deck, good luck trying to win the game and fit in all the necessary counterspells into your deck. Like, because this deck can run everything, like yeah. everything. It can run the same counterspells you are. <laughs> you are, and ones that you yeah. aren't. And yeah. then when you like you're running all these hate pieces that it's not and in those places it's playing things that are going to get it ahead when you try to cast the hate pieces so you're you're yeah. you're casting whatever like you're casting like a torpor to try to slow it down and it's like great i'm spending that man on a bloom tender and i have four mana next turn and you played a torpor how do you feel after that yeah it, it's it's just not not very uh realistic to try to to try to counter it without just playing it itself it's almost like the leovold problem where leovold is its own best counter but uh that's a topic for another episode <laughs> uh on why leovold should stay bad uh <laughs> what we're trying to say is leovold is like time vault <laughs> it, basically yeah like it's uh, i think the like the the real answer here to can this be resolved without external intervention is no like in the competitive mindset because uh, like i truly think that like probably the best answer to the deck is probably itself which is not where you want to be in a format like ever yeah, yeah so, and, and even if the best oh, answer to the deck is in itself we're in a position where it's impossible to gain more against this deck than you lose against the rest of the meta by teching against it. Yeah. So then the answer is to just not tech against it and try and race it or be greedier or something like that, which is also a very unhealthy. And also because uh, like situation. you can try to race it, but there are also like options for the deck to do like Hermit Druid stuff. Which is like far and away. What race is this deck? But dude, the problem is like what that's race Oracle is Console the would is be as fast as Hermit Druid. The the closest thing to racing this would be food chain. Yeah. That isn't Yeah. And I I think it's like I very close or if not like this deck with just because of the flash aspect. Well, can, sorry. Can when I say get, when I say race, I don't mean like don't play counter spells. Yeah, no. Like, but I mean like don't also, try yeah. and tech against it with static hate or like try and slow it down. Other than just stop it from winning when it tries to win. Okay. So then, how if if nothing really answers it with with the current tools we have, how do we how do we uh, deal with this? So, speaking as the Hulk player on the podcast. And the person that is doing a lot of work to make this deck as good as it can be, because I'm a competitive Hulk player, and this is just what I have to do now. It's what I have to resort to. Um, Flash has to go. Flash has had to go for the past yeah. year and a half now. Um, 
This is it, this is this, a campaign that that many members of the this, CDH community this, have been. Is this is Flash's one final form. Like Flash needs to go. We were like we were talking about like Flash, like should eat a ban, like last year, right? Like Flash should eat a ban. It's it's like just it's too good. It's out of line with what the rest of the format's doing. It's a two mana win that's already better than anything else in the format, right? Yeah, so one thing I, I want to talk about in terms of this is like on Twitter, you know, people talk about, oh, you know, they talk about CDH bans all the time. They're like, oh, I'd love to see uh, Flash banned. And then they also throw in Consult because obviously, you know, it's a very predominant deck and uh, people get tired of seeing the same thing over and over again. Flash and Consult operate on completely, they're, they're not quite comparable it, it, that's it's very wrong to, to put them to speak <laughs> of them as the an same tier. Like, yeah. ban both of these. Yeah. So, like, as a competitive player, if we had like unfettered control over the ban list, like, sure, you know, people might ban partners or like, you know, might ban Timna and Thrasios. Yeah, or one I, I or the think other. like I think like consult would, consult, would maybe consult be nerfed, targeted like, bans yeah. or like fine tuning bans that like if there was like real attention and like a truly like independent ban committee or like. uh Banless committee for CDH, like those would probably be like fine tuning bands that would yeah. probably eventually get but made. But like the one thing that consult consult is like most other combos in CDH, a sorcery speed combo. It's an A plus B sorcery speed combo. Flash is a A plus B instant speed combo and one of the cheapest combos. And is also in the format resilient to removal, all removal now. Which yeah. no other combo really is, and is also just yeah, just God. Yeah, it's it's the fact that it's an instant. It's not it's not only that it puts it a step above everything else, which obviously it does, but it's that because it's an instant, it creates an unhealthy style of play, where we've we've talked this point to death. But it's because you always have to respect it that it's it's like having a one-sided uh you know thalia in play it's or not like, even it's like know, i guess it's like a one-sided double thalia like the hulk player just always has two thalias on god pharaoh statue yeah. it's like yeah, having like, a god the, yeah, like the, statue the, in play. yeah the hulk player just always has god pharaoh statue in play yeah because every just and all they have to do is is uh be playing that specific deck and just hold up the mana to threaten it. like that and then everyone has to respect it and it creates this these awful awful kind of scenarios unhealthy and unhealthy types of gameplay uh but yeah so flash flash has to go um people can argue you know like i i think if i'm getting greedy i ask for like a, a something to hit consult but honestly i think if you if flash is gone you can give the format time to settle and then reevaluate. And, and I think the other, the other thing that's worth pointing out about, um, you know, asking or trying to get another ban after flash is that. So before Oracle was printed, I wouldn't necessarily have assumed that consult would be definitively the best deck in the format after a flash ban with the printing of Oracle. I do now think it would be, However, the key difference is that uh, currently we have sort of Flash Hulk is the best 
deck in the format, and Consult is an anti-meta deck. It's designed to attack that. But Flash actively suppresses uh, the things that are best against Consult. Things like the the Rule of Law or Trinisphere effects. Just like Man in Denial a lot Blood of the time. Moon as well as one that we didn't answer. Like, if you can't run more than one of each basic, then Blood Moon's pretty good against you. But you... If you play Blood Moon, it's very easy to die to Flash Shock. They need one blue to cast their Flash, which is not hard through a Blood Moon. And then you've shut off a bunch of interaction from other players by attacking their mana. Um, and I don't think that Consult would operate the same way, where if people if Consult was the best deck, people start playing their Blood Moons or Rule of Law, Trinisphere type effects. The decks that take advantage of those effects being in play, maybe something like a Yisan or a Najila, um, aren't just sort of actively rendered invalid by the existence of Consult. So you get much more of a of a balanced. You, you get closer meadow. to a true like rock paper scissors, yeah. like thing, as opposed to right now where like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what it is. Rock, paper, scissors, atomic bomb. Well, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> atomic bomb, atomic bomb, atomic bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think I think that even mm. though Consult would be the... It's also... It is just slower and harder to get off, particularly, like, on turn two or three, where, like, it's not just that it costs one more mana. It's also that it's blue, blue, black instead of one and a blue. So yeah. if you play like Atlanta or Elves on turn one, you can't get there. You can't do two. it on turn yeah. two. And if you have to tutor or you want to hold up interaction, you know, that becomes a lot harder, particularly in the turn two and turn three win scenario. Um, so it costs, it's more than just costing one mana more, I guess is the way I would put it. Um, and I, I, I think that a meta where everyone has to attack consult or like everyone has to expect consult is a thousand times healthier than one where everyone has to expect. Flash yeah, the, the meta can adapt to one strong deck. It, it struggles to adapt to two strong competing. I guess deck is maybe one strong strategy. It struggles to adapt to two strong strategies that themselves have no overlapping hate. Uh, so the kind of last point here that we want to talk about and because ever since the spoiling of this card and i mean honestly since the last year people have been talking with uh with shivam and, and sheldon and, and other uh members of the rc and keg about you know oh please you know look at cdh band flash blah 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 everyone's pleading their own case for different bands and then paradox engine happens and you know all kinds of crazy stuff but just my my plea is stop asking for consult ban we're like the the rc has made it clear that they only want to focus on like they don't want to balance the format for competitive and they want to you know it's a casual focused ban list which you know what i think is absolutely great we all play this format with the same ban list like or like with this ban list philosophy that's existed for a long time and you know up until a few you know recent things like thassa's oracle and maybe the unbounding of protean hulk and people figuring out how to really take advantage of that things were going like very solid so 
it's you don't we don't need a fully tailored competitive bandwidth yeah. to have a healthy and, and honestly just like by virtue of it being edh and it being four player games like it's very easy for uh like even an unbalanced meta to still be fun to play in um like it's it's self-balancing to a degree people are always going to want to play their own like unique things and as long as it's like the top of the format stuff isn't like actively discouraging to anything that anybody wants to play that's like not that stuff i think like it, it's more than okay to play with the ban list right yeah and and like i mean there's no set in stone rule but like they haven't they haven't made any changes to say like, oh, yep, we're going to all of a sudden open the doors to all the competitive, you know, whatever you want to say, get in. Like there's been a focus campaign to get flash banned for the reasons we've stated, uh, you know, for the past year. And I think a unified message from the competitive players is the best front because really things without flash can be handled. So, Let's not get, you know, ahead of ourselves. And I'm not saying, like, you know, if Flash gets banned, then you start petitioning for consult. Like, Flash is needs to get banned for the reasons we've discussed. And then, honestly, we can probably, even if, you know, oh, consult's so annoying or Thrasios and Timna are so annoying. Like, yeah, we can we can make do. And it's like, we, we can we can get into a great place. So let's let's not get ahead of ourselves and start asking for a bunch of bands and just one one ban yeah flash like stick and, to that message and this is and this is <laughs> Make one it of count. those and maybe the rc will uh will consider it like the one of the biggest things that we've we've said with flash is that it's a great ban because it does not impact casual and that's one of the things that i think is really important for cdh players to understand is that like I personally wouldn't want a CDH ban if it if it meant like hurting the casual players. Like I would I don't like people play Thrasios, people play Timna in all kinds of casual decks in fair ways. So like as much as I get annoyed seeing the same, you know, partners over and over and over again, I wouldn't want or I wouldn't want and I wouldn't advocate for a Thrasios or Timna ban. Let's focus only on things that don't impact the casual players and that could imp- improve our format uh, and make our format more healthy in as minimal by as minimal effect on the ban list as possible. And this is this is one of the places where we are kind of lucky in that uh, as a four player format, things that are slightly too strong are actually like as opposed to a 1v1 format things that are slightly too strong are a little bit self-regulating um because there's the whole aspect of threat assessment and uh you know focusing more on one deck over another in certain scenarios um so that's like something like consult being a little bit stronger it's like okay you sit down at a table and everyone's sort of on their guard about it as opposed to like the reason this doesn't really work with Flash is because it also scales really well with the multiplayer nature of the format, where you can win at any time, and that means you're never safe. You know, you can be interacting with somebody else on their turn before your turn. You're gonna untap next, and then you just get flashed over top. 
So, like, ideally, you might say that uh, you might want Demonic Consultation banned because the deck would overperform. But it would overperform in such a way that it's much easier to correct against. And so we should definitely... Like, we are sharing a format with lots of players who... Are the lifeblood of the format. Are the lifeblood of the format, and they have every bit as they have every bit as much the right to try and have fun with as minimal restriction as possible. Um, and so, it we if we can regulate something internally in the way we build decks and play, uh, then we should certainly be trying to do that rather than asking for a ban for a solution to anything that's you know. A millimeter ahead problem, of anything yeah. else. Um, is there anything else anyone has to say on, on this topic? I've got a bit of just kind of a casual ending statement. Okay. Like, I think it would be extremely entertaining to build a mono blue devotion deck that tried to win with Thassa's Oracle as quickly as possible by assembling the most blue devotion as po- like that you could possibly think of. Like, that is a great casual deck that you could build that absolutely justifies it not being banned well also i think the rc is is taking a policy on uh not banning cards right away no matter the the uproar like paradox engine had all kinds of of uh uproar right from his printed you know people were saying oh this card needs to be banned too busted and that was almost like a continuous continuous cry you know throughout its existence in the format and and i'm talking about format in terms of edh not not cdh uh all all the way up until it's banned and then you know when it got banned the people who were playing with it enjoying it and you know cdh players got a bit upset but it was a i think it was in the end it was a good ban and and i think that you know their their policy of of not being too eager to ban cards right you know not emergency banning things is is, is a good one so i i don't think you know thassa's oracle is is going to be even up for discussion really in terms of bans for a while but you know yeah certainly yeah this new age of decks like can certainly be pinpointed to a moment which was the printing of this card and you could say the same for the unbinding of flash and you know in some respect like other you know cards that work in like you know the the printing of um the new jace right but you know throughout like all of those different you know timelines or metas like there's been a single card that has been the problem and that like has like you know is you know largely responsible for what has culminated now yeah so if I if I'm, I'm gonna give like a, a closing statement before we close out the show, and that's just like if any uh, casual players or RC members or CAG members are listening, I hope this uh, this episode you know served as a good explanation for what what the state of the format is like and uh, why these cards might be a problem, and hopefully our this made a good case for why you might want to uh, consider banning Flash. And gave you know lots of different perspectives and the general perspectives and kind of a, the pulse of what the CDH community is, is thinking. Uh, so I hope that that was a good thing. But uh, you know, of course, there's all kinds of of, of uh, other members to reach out to in the CDH community. So you can obviously reach out to any of us uh, over Discord or on Twitter. Um, 
uh, we've got, but then there's also, you know, Shaper and Team Turn 3 and, and the Spike Feeders playing. With, like, there's so many people uh, who are out there and, 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 you know, being positive voices on behalf of the competitive community. And so, you know, you can reach out to them. And then, you know, to the competitive players, uh, just please be positive uh, members of the community on Twitter. Be like, you, you, unfortunately competitive players have a negative stigma in terms of being like for for a long time we've been trying to disentangle the notion of being a pub stomper from uh, a cdh player and that's still a fight that you know we are we are waging till this day so when you're out there on twitter and stuff and you know you're talking about cdh like you are kind of reflecting the community as a whole it's not really fair because you know, you know, everyone should be treated on an individual basis, but that's how it is. And so, lots of casual players, their their uh, first impression is what you know sticks, and, and that's what paints the picture of CDH players. So, just try to be a positive, positive uh, force out there, and and you know, stay, keep on keeping on. <laughs> and one one other thing I do I do want to highlight in the context of discussions about this, particularly with non-competitive players is again um just how great it is how far we've come both with now the existence of the keg and also um with sheldon in particular as the most public face of the rc uh where this is being discussed and people who really don't have to care if cdh is healthy or fun or if the community's happy at all do and they're making an effort to listen and ask questions and learn and are trying to figure out, you know, if they can help and how they can do that. Um, and we should all be very appreciative of that because they don't have to do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, they I'm, in, I'm incredibly thankful to everybody from the CAG and RC that actually chooses to engage. It's not something that you have to do, but you do it anyway. And I mean, it's just something that I have to appreciate. It's also a thankless job. Oh yeah, oh, like yeah. a lot of, a lot of flack from you know casual I, players. I have no envy for being in that position, but <laughs> heavy is the head that wears yeah. the crown. But yeah. So, uh, well, that about wraps it up for this episode. If you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at Into the North Pod via our email into the North Podcast at gmail.com or on our Discord server, the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. An extra special thanks to all of our patrons who help cover the expenses for this show and allow us to work towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a patron, we are at patreon.com slash into the north podcast. Thank you, as always, to the band Vox Cadre for our lovely podcast music, to Nate Slover for our equally lovely podcast logo, and to our long-suffering podcast editor, Roadkill. Next episode will be out in two weeks. Until then, see ya. See ya. Peace. Bye.